Welcome to the Wealthy Nurse Hour with your host, LaKel Lab. In our program, you'll meet some of the most insightful nurse leaders and entrepreneurs who successfully made the move from the traditional nursing profession to making nursing a big business. Now, here is LaKel Lab. Welcome to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. I'm your host, LaCal Ebb. If you're tuning in for the first time, this show serves as a platform for nurse leaders and entrepreneurs who are using their skill set and expertise to make a difference in the way that we practice nursing. Today, I have a great show for you. Um, I understand that, you know, I've been explaining the last couple of episodes episodes of, of how um, a nurse can become an entrepreneur and what are some of the opportunities that are out there um, for nurses to um, show their expertise and use their knowledge and skill set in, in various ways. Um, today, I want to focus on um, legal and uh, law and focus on how nurses can use their expertise and knowledge um, in the courtroom, um, which this industry is growing um, and is very much a, a great need for nurses um, in their skill set. Um, so, if you have a strong interest in law and healthcare policy, then you may want to consider um, becoming a nurse attorney. Again, this is a growing industry and your expertise and knowledge is um, necessary. Later on in the show, I have a guest on, Ms. Hannah Williams, Esquire, um, who's a nurse who turned attorney. Um, she'll talk a little bit about her career and a little bit about um, COVID-19 and um, some issues that has arise and how uh, she could perhaps help. Uh, so before we get into that, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the opportunity and, um, well, in law, an opportunity for nurses and how, you know, becoming a legal nurse consultant or a nurse attorney can help a great deal in, in this industry. First, I want to get into um, the, difference, the differences between the two, because sometimes People may get them confused, and there are differences. So, with the legal nurse attorney, um, the nurse attorney basically um, are able to speak out on insurance issues, health law, practice, and hospital policy um, because they have the academic and hands-on experience in both sectors. So. When you become a nurse attorney, you just need to be licensed as a nurse first, whether you do your ADN program or BSN. Um, you have to go through that program and then uh, become go to law school to become an attorney. Uh, and l law school normally takes about two to three years, and then you take the bar to become licensed as an attorney. Um this role um, allows nurses to integrate law into their healthcare practices and um, address healthcare concerns in law and healthcare, um, which you know cannot be delivered without laws governing the practice and regulations to ensure safe patient care. 
so with the legal nurse consulting, uh, a legal nurse consultant assists attorneys with complex medical issues that may arise in the course of litigation. So the legal nurse consultant oft often serves to educate attorneys on a variety of medical issues ranging from standards of care to administrative practices. Uh, the legal nurse consultant often, often are, are hired to review cases for merit, uh, interpret medical records, and assist attorneys with their preparations for disp dispositions, trials, uh, review panels, and arbitration and mediation hearings. So the legal nurse consultant um, can also provide uh, service to insurance companies, financial institutions, and structured settlement companies. So that knowledge and skill set is there, but in this way, as a consultant, you're coming in to um, existing attorneys who don't have that background and assisting them with their cases using your, your, your knowledge and skill set which is a, also a great way um, to become a legal nurse consultant. You would just simply have to be a registered nurse and licensed and then go and take a certification course and tests um, that are most often offered by the American Legal Nurse Consultant um, Certification Board. So if you want to kind of fast track into law and if you have that interest, this would probably be the quickest way to um, begin to use your uh, skill set in uh, the judicial system. Um, I think this is this is interesting. It's interesting because when working in this capacity, I feel that, you know, as a nurse, you're coming in with the skill set and you have the background knowledge and you're able to help um, nurses who are currently um, experiencing issues, issues with licensure, issues with um, various things that may be going on. And we know during this time of COVID-19, there's a lot of things that, um, issues that came about in regards to practice um, concerns. Um, actually, in the beginning of COVID-19, I um, posted a question on my social media page. And what I asked was, um, this question was out to all nurses and all healthcare pro providers, is if you could ask an attorney a question about COVID-19, what would you ask? Do you know <laughs> the response that I received was out of this world. Nurses had so many questions um, about, you know, some of the things that they have been experiencing on the front lines and um, things that were going on that, you know, that they felt that just weren't right <laughs> and they were worried. Um, they had a lot of questions and, and con very concerned about their rights as it relates to maintaining their license and practice issues, which I completely understand why, because it's a challenge to get a nursing degree, a nursing license, but it's also very easy to lose it if you're faced with legal issues. Um, one of the things that I do advocate for and assist um, nurse entrepreneurs with is getting a legal team to support their business 
And also I advocate to help nurses um, who practice to definitely have legal support of their own. Oftentimes when nurses work for these large facilities, they think that they are um, supported by the legal department within their organization, but most often they're not when legal issues arise because that legal department is there to support that organization. (laughs) Um, They may assist in in some things, but a lot of things as it relates to uh, your licensure, um, the way you're practicing, you're not going to get the kind of support that that you deserve. Um, And I just think it's always best to have um, your own legal advisor um, behind you to make sure that you are up to date with um, practice issues. You're up to date with uh, various, you're up to date and know your rights. That's just the thing, just knowing your rights and knowing um, what to do, what not to do, and how to proceed. So I think that that's very important um, for nurse 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 providers i think it's important for all of us just to to know our rights especially during these times when uh you know a lot of things that we were taught in nursing school and we were taught to follow to the t by the book especially like universal precautions um, wearing your PPE properly, when to wear it, when not to wear it, those things kind of, you know, weren't followed um, as we begin to get into the pandemic. So there's a lot of questions about that. So in order to find um, additional information about this, there's a lot of information out there that nurses may not be aware or healthcare providers in general may not be aware of. Um, A great resource is the American Association of Nurse Attorneys, which is also T-A-A-N-A. On this website, there are um, position papers that are out there. Uh, There's a lot of resources out there that that gives you information and educate you on um, some issues that might come about and um, just give you facts about, you know, what to look out for. And also um, provide you with resources for uh, attorneys and different um, things out there to assess. Um, One particular paper that I felt that was very interesting to me was the latest paper that was released in April um, on COVID-19 and it's advocating for nurses and other healthcare professionals uh, licensed throughout the United States. And this position paper covered various topics and issues and it also gave recommendations um, regarding these issues that that were discussed. and uh, my good friend who's going to be on the, phone, on the uh, show later today, Ms. Uh, Hannah Williams, 
um, was the task force chair on this um, paper. Uh, she's very knowledgeable, and um, I think this is a great uh, article to read. Um, some of the key issues addressed was the lack of personal uh, protective equipment, which is PPE. Um, some of the things that CDC put out about PPE and the shortage that, that we were facing and the concerns about inadequate PPE for uh, healthcare professionals. Um, it covers a lot in that section of the paper. Also, um, it also addressed um, the inadequate COVID-19 testing guidelines for healthcare professionals and their families. Um, it talks about how frontline healthcare professionals um, have or didn't have immediate access to COVID-19 testing and some of the things that was the guidelines set forth by a CDC and, um, you know, how, how to address those concerns and some of the issues that came about. Also, uh, the other thing was uh, professional license and employment issues, which are three major things um, I know that came about and was of great concern to some of the nurses whom reached out on um, my social media page. Um, and that talks about just understanding um, that in the pandemic is necessary for professional uh, license licensing boards um, to coordinate with state and federal governments to ensure that proper medical care is given to those affected. So it talks about um, the lack there of clear policy, which may have resulted in termination or disciplinary action um, to healthcare professionals. Uh, I know that that was a major thing that, that came up a lot. Um, nurses were being a, reprimanded for wearing um, their mask in the hallways in the hospital when they came out of the rooms. Um, they were being reprimanded for bringing in a mask and their own PPE when they saw that, you know, they didn't have adequate uh, equipment while coming to work. And, you know, some of them lost their jobs because of that. But then later on, the regulations had changed um, after, you know, individuals had become sick and, um, you know, died. Some died, you know, had become sick and died from the COVID-19. They decided to uh, relook at the regulation and they changed it and they made it acceptable for uh, nurses to wear PPE, which is, you know, protective equipment, your uh, mask in the hallway and they made it acceptable. But, you know, nurses were still reprimanded. Nurses were still um, held account accountable for these things and went on their record. So just knowing what your rights are, how to proceed, um, and what to do is is very important, very much important. And then also, you know, just maybe considering if 
after going through these things, if you're considering, you know, hey, I want to do something new or, hey, you know, because I experienced this, I want to protect other healthcare professionals. I want to protect other nurses. Well, I'm more interested in learning um, how I can help other nurses. And maybe you want to enter um, into this profession and become a nurse attorney yourself. Um, I want to reiterate that this is a, there is a great need for your expertise in this industry and what better person to do it would, would be a nurse who, who knows and who's, who's has experienced um, certain injustices and inequalities um, at the bedside or in a clinical position um, to lead in this industry. I um, am very much excited um, about having my guest on today. Um, and I just want to uh, make sure that you guys have the best and latest information. Ms. Um, Hannah Williams is uh, great at what she does. Uh, she is um, phenomenal. She has practiced as a critical care nurse for 10 years before um, stepping into law. Um, and it's just going to be, it's just going to be uh, great just to hear her perspective and hear um, why she made the transition to become an attorney. I hope this information is helpful for um, you all. And also, I want to reiterate that, you know, I am definitely an advocate for um, getting legal support and also um, could assist with uh, some resources if you may need it um, with helping you through this process. I know these times are uh, very challenging and I just want to make sure that my nurses and nurse entrepreneurs out there are protected and have the proper legal support needed to, to do what you do best, serve your communities and uh, serve your patients. So uh, before we get into the interview with Ms. Hanna, I just want to uh, reiterate that the purpose of Hanna Williams' interview is to provide general information rather than legal advice or opinion. It is accurate to the best of the Hannah's knowledge as of the date of the interview. According, accordingly, this interview should not be viewed as a substitute for the guidance and recommendations of a retained professional and legal counsel. In addition, Hana does not endorse any coverage systems, processes, or protocols addressed, nor does she assume any liability for how this information is applied in practice or for the accuracy of this information. No attorney-client relationship is formed by listening to this interview. Hana is not your lawyer, and the information she provides is not legal advice. Please retain an attorney for specific legal advice. This is just for informational purposes only. Um, she practices uh, mainly in Atlanta. Um, and again, this is just for information purposes only. And there's also um, 
a lot of resources out there where you can get, if you want additional information, you can follow her um, to get that. And let's get right into the interview. I want to uh, introduce, we're going to take a brief commercial and then we'll get into the interview with Miss Hannah Williams. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at thewealthynursehour.com. Now, back to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Welcome to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. I'm your host, LaCal Ebb. If you're tuning in today for the first time, um, what we do here is showcase nurse entrepreneurs and leaders who are trailblazing in the business space. Um, today we have a guest, Ms. Hannah Williams, um, who is a registered nurse who became a lawyer. Um, she's been a lawyer for over 20 years. Um, Hannah defends and supports all healthcare professionals' abilities. To make, to make a living. Um, Hannah has walked a mile in uh, the shoes of a healthcare provider. Hannah util- utilizes her unique perspective and insight when representing her clients. Indeed, Hannah's real-life, real-world experience gives her an edge over many lawyers. Hannah's new law practice focuses on def- the defense of nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, physician assistants, therapists, dentists, mental health providers, pharmacists, and other healthcare professionals in all aspects of professional license matters, including license applications, licensing board complaints, 
and investigations, employee investigations, allegations of professional misconduct, allegations of drug diversion of, of or abuse, and professional malpractice cases. Hana also represents healthcare professionals in criminal matters and in business transaction matters, such as contract drafting, negotiation, and business formation. In addition to practicing law, Hana is an author and professional speaker. She has conducted several seminars and webinars on legal issues in healthcare and regularly writes about these issues. Hana also provides continuing education presentations on various topics related to legal issues in healthcare. Hana practiced as a critical care nurse for over 10 years before becoming a license licensed to practice law. I want to welcome to the sh- welcome to you to the show Hana Williams. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. No problem. It's a pleasure to have you on. So just to um give the guests uh just a background about what you do, I, I read your bio, which is a brief synopsis, but tell me, like, how did you get started um, in business? How did you make that transition from nursing into law and starting your own practice? So um, thank you for asking me that. And it was definitely a well thought out decision. Um, you read during my bio that I had a 20 years of experience as an attorney. Actually, I have 20 years combined experience. I've been a registered nurse for the past 20 years, and I've been an attorney for the past 10 years. And being an attorney was always a childhood dream. Um, I, this is what I always wanted to do, but my, my mother was a nurse and just quite frankly, um, her love and admiration for her career caused me to want to become a nurse too. So I was a little torn about it, but I ultimately decided to do the nursing path first. And I was just very fortunate to be able to go to law school and pursue a career in law. Nice. So tell me uh, about your career trajectory from nursing to law um, and where you practice law. So I... um, I have had an interesting legal career because I have done lots of things legally. Um, I started off, um, as I mentioned, 10 years ago, and I worked for a very big law firm here in Atlanta, Georgia, did administrative regulatory law and some appellate litigation. And then I moved to a boutique law firm and started practicing medical malpractice defense work. And while doing that, I was representing healthcare professionals in all aspects of medical malpractice defense. And then I also started representing healthcare professionals and license matters, um, meaning that anytime a healthcare professional has an issue with their professional license, I would assist them with that matter. And that involves anything from applying for your license to receiving a phone call from a board investigator or a letter from the Board of Nursing or a phone call from the Medical Composite Board letting you know that you have an investigation into your license due to some allegation of unprofessional conduct. And I found that I was um, really enjoying that type of work a lot. Just um, I had a lot of satisfaction in defending healthcare professionals' careers. So I broke off and I started my own law firm um, here in Atlanta, Georgia, Hannah Williams, Attorney at Law PC, in which I represent exclusively healthcare professionals in license matters, business matters, and in criminal matters. And it's been a great um, adventure, and I'm really enjoying it. 
That's great. Thanks for sharing that. So tell me, um, for the listeners who don't know, what's the difference between a professional license action and a medical malpractice claim? Because sometimes they think it's one and the same, but there are some differences. Can you explain? Yes, great question. So in a professional license action, the professional's conduct is at issue. Your professional conduct. There, mm-hmm. If you're a nurse, there's some allegation that you breached the Nurse Practice Act in your state or the code of conduct for your profession. And a complaint is filed with the state licensing board. So the entire matter is handled initially through the state licensing board and it's an administrative action. Whereas a medical malpractice action, there's an allegation that the care that you provided caused the patient damages and a lawsuit is filed in state court. Um, Quite often, sometimes you can have a companion license complaint when you've been accused of medical malpractice, meaning that the person who has sued you for medical malpractice can also file a complaint before your licensing board. So there are two different types of actions with two different tribunals who are overseeing them. With the license action, you have the state licensing board, and with the medical malpractice action, you're in usually state or superior court, sometimes federal court. Hmm. Okay. So what are um, some common allegations in license complaints? What, what are some allegations do you get in, in regards to license complaints? So the, the license complaint allegations can vary widely. And to be honest with you, what we do as healthcare professionals is so complex that mm-hmm. I rarely see allegations that are just one and the same, that are just exactly alike, unless there's an issue with a healthcare professional having a substance dependence issue or maybe diversion, being accused of drug diversion. Um, Pretty much it just depends on the fact pattern and what exactly happened on the job. So I like to put it in buckets. So typically the most common allegation is being accused of professional misconduct, um, unprofessional behavior. And that can fall a lot of different actions can fall in that category. For example, poor documentation, um, maybe patient abandonment, showing up to work late or being a no-show, no-call consistently, um, giving the wrong medication to a patient, not following hospital policy, maybe being rude to a coworker, um, having a patient maybe complain that you did something that was unprofessional to them, So that bucket can just encompass a lot of different things. Um, Second and related is medication administration, anything to do with medication administration, maybe giving a medication without a doctor's order, being accused of that, or perhaps forgetting to document that you had a medication that you gave, um, medication diversion from narcotics and the PICSIS, the count coming up wrong and maybe being accused of um, doing something improper as far as narcotics are concerned or opioids. Mm-hmm. improper treatment or care, being accused of negligence, and then also um, documentation errors or omissions, um, false documentation or not following the hospital's documentation policy. Mm. Okay. So do you recommend that nurses get insurance to protect themselves um, in the event that uh, some of these issues or complaints come up that might affect their license? Absolutely, and it's definitely um, my favorite advice to give. And 
I'm reminded to post it through my social media a lot and say, hey, do you have insurance to protect your license? And here is the reason. Because most nurses, and even when I practiced, I felt comforted knowing that I was covered by the hospital's insurance. If I was ever sued for medical malpractice, I knew that my employer would provide an attorney for me and help me out with my defense. For the most part, that's what happens when you work for an employer. However, your employer's insurance most often does not include any type of license protection benefits for your license. So if a patient complains and says that you did something that was unprofessional, or if you're terminated by your job because they're accusing you of unprofessional conduct, if you want to have an attorney to represent you, which I strongly recommend in that matter, you will have to pay for those legal fees out of pocket if you don't have an insurance policy that provides license protection benefits. Mm -hmm. These insurance policies are very, very reasonable. You can get them for $150 to $200 a year. Whereas if you don't have an insurance policy, you can pay upwards of $25,000 to defend a license complaint out of pocket. And that's assuming that the complaint goes all the way through the Board of Nursing. And, and if you want to appeal it before an administrative law judge, it can cost up to $25,000 in legal fees and even more. And those fees will not be paid um, by an insurance policy if you don't have one. You would have to pay that out of pocket or you would have to defend the case on your own. So I strongly recommend that all nurses, all healthcare professionals, make sure that they have a policy in place that provides license protection benefits and maintain it for the entire time that you practice. Wow, that's this is excellent information. Um, it's, you know, for our listeners to take heed to, it's definitely um, important. Uh, w- would you say the same for um, entrepreneurs? If you're not working for an employer, um, would you suggest that they get their own insurance through a private entity or a provider? Well, def- definitely, if you are a healthcare professional and you have started a a business, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should definitely have insurance that covers your business. And there's different policies that apply to like your business, right? Mm-hmm. However, um, and I don't pretend to be an insurance agent or be, have any experience <laughs> practicing mm-hmm. insurance law, but I will say that um, if you start your own business, you are still considered and held out to be a professional as long as mm-hmm. you maintain your healthcare license. So at any point, you can still be accused of unprofessional conduct and a complaint could still be filed against your license. So the answer to your question is yes. However, I do understand that there are some nurses who start businesses that are not healthcare related. For example, you know, mm-hmm. right now it's really hot to start a mass business given the COVID-19 pandemic. And so some nurses have gotten together and started sewing masks or order a lot of masks and are selling them online or they sell scrubs that is seemingly non-healthcare related. So you, your thought would be, I don't really need insurance to cover my license. I'm not practicing nursing anymore. I'm exclusively mm-hmm. practicing within my business and I don't provide healthcare services. So in that case, it's really a little, it's a little low risk at that point as far mm-hmm. as business. I mean, needing insurance. However, it's still, as long as you're a licensed professional and you have some concern that someone may accuse you of professional misconduct, you should definitely look into having some type of insurance to cover your license. And it's so cheap. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense just for your protection. You never know what may happen. 
um, while you're out there. That's right. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips for nurses who are in the process for, of applying for licensure? Yes. Uh, my favorite tip is tell the truth. Um, yeah. We all have a story. Just tell yours and make sure you tell it truthfully. For example, most licensed application asks if you've ever been arrested. Have you ever had a board complaint filed? Have you ever had treatment for substance abuse or substance dependence? And you need to answer that truthfully. And typically they'll allow you to, to write a letter to um, explain those circumstances. So tell the truth. And if you're going to write a letter, it's always just good practice to maybe have an attorney to help you with that letter so they can the attorney can assist you with presenting yourself before the Board of Nursing in the best light possible. Thanks. Yes, that's awesome advice. Um, it's so simple, but, you know, it, it needs to be said because a lot of nurses, I'm sure, go through um, whether or not what, what they should do um, in the event that they do have criminal criminal case or something um, comes up um, personally that affects their licensure. So that's awesome. You mentioned mm-hmm. that you also assist healthcare professionals with business matters. Can you briefly explain some of the business matters that you assist with? Yeah, so healthcare professionals are starting businesses at increasing rates because it's just a great time to do so. Um, and I assist with various things related to business, but most commonly is business formation. Um, starting your business off, the bones of it, the structure, if it's going to be an LLC versus an incorporation um, versus a professional corporation and what the laws are around that, um, agreements, any type of contracts you may have with other individuals or employment agreements that you may have with your employees. Um, also, scope of practice questions is you know a, a really good one that I don't think enough nurse entrepreneurs pay attention to. So, Sometimes a nurse will start a business because they see everyone else doing it or they look on the internet or YouTube and say, hey, there's something good. I think I could do it. However, they get into scope of practice problems at times because they are now operating a business outside their scope of practice, providing services that they that are against the Nurse Practice Act in their state. So if you have any questions about some of the services that you're providing and there's no doctor that's overseeing you, it's a good idea to hire an attorney just to make sure that you're not breaching any scope of practice issues with your state board of nursing. In addition, I do assist with business disputes as well. So I always like to say that, you know, every relationship is going to end. It's very sad to think about that, but every relationship you get in is going to end. And when it comes to business, when you get into a business relationship with someone, it's going to come to an end. And so it's always best at the beginning to think about how the end should look. Um, and therefore, if you start a business with a best friend, for example, uh, who's also a nurse and you all decide to part ways, if you don't have a good understanding in the beginning how that relationship is going to end, your friend could end up selling the business to a family member or someone else who you don't want to be in business with and a dispute ensues and you may need an attorney to help you with that. And I help with that. Um, any type of document drafting, I assist with that as well. So to the point about business disputes, um, the operating agreement controls the LLC relationship, right? And a lot of nurses, they will grant an operating agreement off the Internet and say, okay, this is my LLC's operating agreement. And it's not something that was crafted for their particular business. 
But when an issue comes up and you're in court and the operating agreement is at issue and it's something you got off the Internet and now your business is valued at maybe half a million dollars and you're still operating mm-hmm. off of an agreement that you got off the Internet that was not tailored for you in your particular situation, it could be you know, disastrous for your business. So if you're going to start a business, you should definitely consult with an attorney when it comes to formation issues, especially when it comes to operating agreements and partnerships, just to make sure that you have all of your, you know, wishes and the things that you want, how you want the business to operate and how you want things to end with your partner. If they do end in writing, you have a good understanding of that while everyone is happy and the business is being started. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. You're doing amazing work, by the way, <laughs> in your business. Um, oh, thank you. And then your practice and helping support nurses. I, my hat goes off to you with all the work that you're doing. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you. So, Sandra. <laughs> no, no problem. What have you been doing um, to support nurses during the COVID nineteen pandemic? Well, let me start off by saying thank you. <laughs> To all the nurses and all the healthcare professionals who are taking care of us during this pandemic, working on the front lines, uh, my prayers are with you. My thoughts are with you. And I am very sensitive to all of the issues that have been in the media and the things that you all are having concerns about. So I have um, there are a few things that I have, I'm doing. Obviously, in my practice, I practice in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where my law firm is. Um, I only am, I'm only licensed to practice in Georgia. So if a healthcare professional has any type of issues with COVID-19 that they need a consultation on, I've been representing nurses and other healthcare professionals related to COVID-19 issues. So I do that through my practice. And then second, I also am a member of the American Association of Nurse Attorneys. And that's exactly what it sounds like. It's an association for nurses who also have law degrees, it's a national association called TANA. And within that organization, I assisted with the effort to write the organization's COVID-19 position paper. I actually was the task force chair and the um, lead editor and author of that paper. And that paper addresses the lack of PPE, it addresses the lack of available testing for healthcare professionals, and it also addresses license issues and ethical issues that healthcare professionals are concerned about as they're taking care of COVID-19 patients. Um, and I know that most people say, well, what is a position paper and why and how is that going to help me? Well, a position paper is a call to action and it's, it's addressed to the federal government, the state government, some um, local governments, and also state licensing boards and asking them to release more direction and assistance with certain matters. So it's only as good as the people who read it, as far as the the, um, organizations that it is addressed to. So it's been gaining traction. Um, It's been shared very widely throughout the organization through TANA members, and it's been read by some state licensing boards and some state, even governors have read it. And it's some of the issues that we have, we stated in that paper, which was co-authored, I have to say, by Kimberly Kent and Paula Grant. Some of the issues have already been resolved. For example, we were asking for the president to use the Defense Production Act. And this was a, um, also a request that was made by the American Nurses Association, as well as the American Medical Association. And the, our paper was published, I believe, on April the 2nd. And within a week or so, um, 
the president did ask um, 3M to produce more masks using the Defense Production Act. So it has been um, successful. I'm, I don't know if the president did it because of our paper, but I know it was a combined effort of different position papers that were um, prepared and released by numerous healthcare organizations, and we're just one of those um, those associations who did that. Um, third, I, I blog through my website, hannahwilliams.com. I have a blog in which if I read a story that I think is interesting and there's any learning points in it for a healthcare professional related to COVID-19, I'll blog about it. And I usually release those blogs on my social media. I let people know that there's a new blog and they can read it. So I do that as well. And here in the state of Georgia, I have a really great relationship with the Georgia Nurses Association. And I pitched the idea of having a column through the Georgia Nurses Association called Ask a Nurse Attorney. And mm-hmm. once a quarter, I will answer questions that are submitted to the Georgia Nurses Association, just general practice questions. And those answers are published on the Georgia Nurses Association's website and through their quarterly publication called Georgia Nursing. So those are just some of the things that I am doing. And just here most recently during Nurses Week that just passed, Happy Nurses Week, belated, um, <laughs> I released three Nurses um, Week law webinars. There was that were available to any nurse to access for free. I got together with three very close um, former colleagues or close friends who practice different areas of law than me, and they all provided presentations on different legal topics. I provided a presentation on professional license issues and business law. It was one hour um, talking about some of the issues that I'm talking about now during this interview, but in greater detail. And I also covered some COVID-19 questions. Jeff Peters, he provided a interview, um, I'm sorry, it was an interview, yes, on medical malpractice defense issues. And Louise Smith, she's an attorney here in Atlanta, she provided an interview on employment law. Joanne Holmes, she provided an interview on intellectual property law. And they all did this out of, you know, just their kindness and their graciousness. They were not paid. And the webinars were completely free to any nurse who registered and wanted to view them during Nurses Week. So unfortunately, they have been taken down now. They were free from May 6th to May 12th, and um, I'm working to see if we can get those re-released. But um, that was free, and every single speaker addressed a COVID-19 topic. So that was just a service that we all provided to nurses during Nurses Week to um, assist nurses, you know, in any way that we could with some of the legal, you know, questions that they had. Now, the point of those presentations was not to provide legal advice. Just as today, I'm not providing legal advice. This is all educational and for informational purposes only. But it was just to provide very general educational um, topics to nurses who are, you know, just have some interest in some legal issues that they're facing. Yeah. And I have to say that those Nurses Week, yeah, those Nurses Week law webinars, I just have to say they were um, co-sponsored by the Georgia Nurses Association and myself. This is great. This is excellent work. And um, the fact that you're offering this wealth of information uh, for free is also amazing. So where can the listeners um, tune in and, and find you just to, for one, tune into your free uh, webinars that you're offering and then also just um, contact you if they want to connect to get additional legal support or um, advice from you? Okay, so there are three ways. Um, I only practice law in Atlanta, Georgia. However, if you are listening to this and you're in another state and you are looking for a nurse attorney to assist you with your issues, sometimes I can direct you in the right path. 
for that. So if you go to my website, hannawilliams.com, um, my name is spelled H-A-H-N-A-H Williams, and you can um, contact me through the contact form on my website, or you can call, and my assistant will get you scheduled for a consultation if you are have a question here um, about an issue here in Georgia. Second, if you're interested in just reading what I write on my blog, you can visit my website and click on the link for my blog, and you can read um, my my blog entries that I blog about all types of things, <laughs> just not only COVID-19 topics, but all types of legal issues that, face, that nurses and other healthcare professionals are facing. Um, third, I am also on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I'm more active on Instagram and Facebook, and I do have a YouTube that I just started. It's not populated yet. But if you follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you will be able to um, see when I have a new blog post posted or if I post helpful tips, you can see that as well or share any stories with my, you know, general thoughts about that related to legal issues and healthcare. You can also do that. And my handle on Instagram and for the, and um, Facebook is for the scrubs, F-O-R-T-H-E scrubs. So if you put that in the search bar, you will see my page come up. And as far as the free Nurses Week law webinars that we just did, we just wrapped up. If you go to Instagram, the link is in my bio. You can click on that and you can see not only the Nurses Week law webinars, which actually aren't published right now because they were only intended to be free during Nurses Week. So there there are other webinars. They focus on documentation issues. If you ever had a question about documentation, you can sign up for that webinar and receive two hours of continuing education credit. There are also two others that focus on nursing education and training, and one is called What Every Nurse Should Know. Um, so, you know, if you want some legal education, you can go to that link and, and get it. Excellent. I want to thank you again for coming on, Hannah. You are phenomenal and the work that you're doing is amazing. Um, thank you for coming on the show and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. So tune in to next week's show. Well, we'll be here at the Wealthy Nurse Hour. I'm your host, LaCal Ebb. Tune in next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern. I'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Be sure to join your host, LaCal Lab, for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk more next week. I can see.